Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, beautiful humans. Welcome to episode 31 of Conversation. I realize now that last time on the podcast that I got the episode number wrong. <laughs> it was episode number 30. Oh, stone of brain. You may notice, my friends, that uh, I'm slightly hoarse. Nay. In the voice, this is due to the monumentous occasion of Rebecca Crow turning, how old am I? <laughs> 27! I'm now in the 27 club, not that club, the good one. I don't think there is a good one, but I'm going to make it good. I've got a really good feeling about the number seven. Isn't it lucky number seven? That's the thing, right? That's the thing. I'm going to go with that. Anyway, it's looking like a great year for me, and I'm going to start it off with a great podcast episode. I mean, I ended 26 with quite a great one, the podcast. Speak up. Let's let's just talk about that briefly, guys, okay? Let's clear the room on that. That was weird, right? <laughs> My last episode. But did you like it? Did you understand it? Would you like to listen to another one? How could we improve it? I want to know all of these things. I want to know what all of you think of all these things. And the best way that you can do this is Twitter. I love Twitter. I've preached about it in the past. It's, uh, let's not go into it now, but not entirely sex worker friendly. They seem to be, in fact, going backwards, as are most companies. <clears throat> you can hear the anger in my voice. You really can, can't you? <laughs> but let me know what you think or thought or currently think about the last conversation episode of the podcast at me on Twitter. You can find me at Katsandcrows. K-A-T-S-A-N-D-C-R-O-W-S. I'll spell that out again for you at the end. I'm probably going to forget that I've even said it, so <laughs> I can't expect you guys to remember it. I set my bar very low on myself. <laughs> so this week's episode, Beautiful Humans, is with an awesome, awesome lady who... You have definitely seen her work, 100%, I guarantee you. But you probably do not know her history. Mm. If you've seen ever any person wearing strappy, like, harnesses with big old chunky O-rings and lots of straps and adjustable bits, etc., etc., chances are this beautiful lingerie. And also now fucking fab bikini range that I slayed in at download. It chances are it's made by the awesome person behind Madison Lingerie, and that badass bitch is 
Hannah. Hannah is a queen. I'd actually known her for a few years before I'd met her. Um, I'll tell you the story of how we met on the podcast. I don't want to spoil it for you now, but I'm so glad we were finally in a room together because we got on like a house on fire, like old friends. It was super duper fun and you get to find out all of her background, performance history, etc, etc. You're gonna love it. Yay! Speaking of performers... I'm gonna throw in a quick old plug for my next amazing party that Disgrace is throwing. If you haven't got your advance ticket yet, you can get one on our Facebook page. It saves you cash for the bar. It's gonna be shots. It's gonna be cold beer. It's gonna be bikini beach babes. It's the whole experience this time, friends. Okay, it's not. Um, it's not like our little. Um, what's the word? Cut down versions, you know, cheaper drinks, cheaper entry. No, no. This is the full ticket price for the full shebang. We got performances from the whole gang. We've got girls in the bar in the middle playing games with you. We got go go dancing on the bar. What? It's gonna get out of hand. It's at our uh, uh, new venue. It's not new, it's renovated. It's called the Macbeth. It's in Hoxton, it's in London, of course. And if you want to find more info, head over to the Disgrace social media. Um, at SGDIS underscore Grace is the Instagram. That's the easiest way to find more info. And uh, I'll be there. So you want to definitely be there. I guarantee it. Promise, promise, promise. <laughs> we want to be this the summer, right? Let's have a bikini beach play party. I'm going to crowd surf on inflatable. I'm going to dance to some stupid song. It's going to be great fun. You should come. <laughs> Enough of my rambling. Let's get into this episode. My poor voice could do with a rest. So, once again, if you'd like to find me online, find me on all social media at Cats and Crows. That is K A T S A N D C R O W S. And uh, I think that's pretty much it for now, guys. Um, I did post recently on my Instagram, you may or may not have seen, that I'm entirely revamping Rebecca Crow as a business. So keep your eyes on my social media for news regarding my YouTube, my OnlyFans page, um, this podcast, my merch store, which is currently closed, you will notice, um, upcoming performances, and a potential new streaming thing that I'll be doing. It might be MSC, it might be Twitch. If you have any input on that, let me know. Tweet me, comment on one of my things on my social media. Let me know what you want to see from me next. But for now, sit back and enjoy episode 31 of Corovisation. When I was growing up, all my role models were male. I didn't see anyone I could relate to in the press, online, anywhere. Now, I'm surrounded with the most phenomenal women. They've each endured unique hardships and survived. More than survived, they thrive. But still, Women are not equal in the world, not represented in the media, not treated equally online, and still subjected to sexism in everyday life. Alternative women especially are more a hashtag than they are real humans. I want to change that. I want you to see the women I see. I want you to hear them. This is conversation. Hi, beautiful humans. Welcome back to Conversation. I've got an awesome lady with me today. I've traveled far across the country. It's not really that far. It was like two and a half hours from my house. <laughs> to go to a workshop today for Boomtown Festival, which was really fun. And I happen to be in the same area as this awesome chick. She is a creative force. You have 100% guaranteed 
sin her work on somebody that you know and you've loved it. Like, there's no other function. Please welcome Hannah from Malice Lingerie. Hello. Thank Hi, you Hannah. for having me today. Yes. So Thanks nice for agreeing. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Yeah. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Yeah. Tired after my workshop. Been very creative, yeah. etc. Um, but you know all about that, don't you? Uh, yes. You're a performer. <laughs> yeah. That's how you started in the industry. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I was working as a seamstress at the time, freelance. Ooh. And also performing, I was doing a lot of burlesque at the time, kind of, that was pretty much my main income. Yeah. Um, mainly just because it was a way to travel. Mm. Um, my income was quite low and I was kind of bored just going to the same pubs and clubs every yeah. weekend. And it just kind of gave me a way to see things I wouldn't have seen otherwise and yeah. go to places. Totally, um, I can relate. It's yeah. taken me to some like crazy places in the world. Yeah, so I think some of my best stories are from performing really? and like, all the crazy situations you end up in because you just yeah. kind of get on a plane and you're going exactly. to this club and you're like, you don't know these <laughs> don't people. Know and you're just like, no, none of them speak of the great English yeah. well. and you're like in a country, you haven't always got like the best itinerary and you're just like, if yeah. I land and there's no one there, I don't know what I'm going to do for three days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, you're just like, I guess then I'm staying at this person's house and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like yeah. It's always, it's always been great. It's always been great. Have you got one story that sticks out in your mind at all? Probably, well, probably my favourite story is when we did a show in Norway at a bar called Bastard Bar. Cool. Which was amazing. <laughs> this and is amazing. we got off the plane and saw the Northern Lights, which was just incredible. And then we were in the newspaper and they'd done this headline and everything. And we were like, what's it saying? They were like, oh, it says you're touring the world throwing away your clothes. And I was like... <laughs> Throwing away. We're just throwing them away. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> quite a, kind of accurate, yeah. <laughs> just a note here, guys. I forgot to say in the intro, I've got the wonderful Vaughn suicide with us. She's sat in the corner, deliriously tired. But if you hear a deliriously tired giggle, <laughs> that one there, that's from Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Hannah, so tell me, like, how did you get into performing? Like, what really inspired you to do it apart from the travel? Like, what kind of performing did you do and stuff and how did you get into well, it well I was I danced from being age three to being 15 so you're a natural performer yeah and I loved it and then when I was 15 I was diagnosed with Emmy oh. and I had to stop dancing basically I didn't really go to school very much anymore yeah. so I kind of got some GCSEs um and then as I got sort of towards my early 20s and I was feeling a bit better and it was something that I, I missed so much yeah but I didn't have the the energy to kind of go and do it how I used to do it mm. so I was doing like ballet tap like modern wow. freestyle everything I everything competitions and did all you? of that it did you travel really a lot with that as well no that was all quite local uh, yeah. quite local stuff up in Leeds it's exciting though isn't it like once you get the kind yeah. of like taste of that competition stage life yeah like, I need it <laughs> yeah and I just loved the dancing and it just seemed I'd been to a few burlesque nights and it just seemed like something yes. I might enjoy doing mm. so I went and did some classes as a way to meet people really yeah and then kind of went from there and that's how I met some of my best friends actually yeah. who were performers as well amazing and we kind of be at the same shows and you just kind of hang out don't yeah, you yeah you do it's, it's a really nice family like yeah I know if I go or if I get sent on an international with a company that I know um, I think Sofa Soir, you work for them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you know it's guaranteed to be people there that you know, isn't it? Yeah. If you turn up at a club one night and you're feeling a bit tired and you're like, or oh, one of your friends will turn up and you'll be like, oh, thank God they booked you as well. Yeah. It's just a nice so feeling. Nice. Yeah. So that was kind of how I got into that. And then one of my friends, we started performing a lot together and we got into doing the fire stuff, the awesome. side show stuff. 
So I was kind of doing a lot of that for a while. I kind of moved away from the more burlesque stuff. Yeah. When I started, I was quite traditional. And then moved more into doing, like, the fire stuff, the sideshow mm. stuff. Because I preferred the reaction that you got from doing that stuff I'm exactly more. the yeah. same. What kind of sideshow did you do? I did, uh, so nails at the nose. Oh, I love that word. Cigarettes on the tongue. Yes. Body stapling. Oh, yes. Glass walking. Ah, I've just started doing this. Uh, mental flossing. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have a, a performer at Disgrace that does that called um, Tigress. She does it so well. She's a balloon swallow, and she pulls it out her ass, and then she flosses with it. That's amazing. <laughs> it's an extra level of gross. Just I never did that. Her, but <laughs> obviously, it wasn't in her. Effort, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe one day she's feeling a bit weird. She's like, I'm gonna put it in that the butt. Incredible. <laughs> it's, it's a great reaction to like shock people, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Especially when you, you're kind of used to just getting on there you have a dance and it's pretty yeah. and that's lovely and it's fine and it's great and people love it but sometimes it's more fun just to do something where people are like oh like, my god what the hell are you doing that's disgusting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just me isn't it i don't know why but yeah. there's something so so satisfying about it yeah being the shocker a, isn't it a little part of you that's just like hey. yeah isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you're like me you're like a proper like yeah, yeah. i want to be weird and freaky yeah. were you like that when you were growing up were you like that in school yeah, like kind too. of like a little oddball, really. Kind of like one of the alternative kids. Yeah. And I, but I was super shy. Really? At school, like painfully shy. Aww. Like couldn't answer questions in class and stuff. I'd I go like bright red and drop of a hat and yeah. stuff. And then I think as I got older, you kind of realise if you ever want to do anything, you just have to push through this. You do. And just try and get on with stuff. And you yeah. just kind of make yourself, like, a bit of a fake it till you make it kind I, of that thing. That was my mantra for a long time. So yeah. that really, that helped you with performing? Yeah, or definitely. Kind of performing because you wanted to be more confident. Definitely. wanted to be more confident. And performing, I still found it, like, very much, I would get so anxious and so really? nervous. But I just still enjoyed... The, all the opportunities that I brought, I thought yeah. it was totally worth it. Yeah, for sure. So you've travelled the world. What's your favourite place you've been? Oh, God. Favourite place? Probably... Oh, I always loved Germany. Did you? Germany's really cool. I did a little tour in Germany. I found Hamburg. The, the oh, Reaper van. Yeah. Yes. I was like, what is this magical place? Oh, did you ever work at the Queen Cal... Cal- Queen Cavalera? Calavera? I don't know. There was a burlesque club there. Really? Yeah, just opposite the Rupert Barn. Oh, I think I, I performed at a venue. It was with the Blackheart Burlesque, the Suicide Girls Blackheart oh. Burlesque. And it was... I can't remember when it was, but yeah, it was just a little bit far away from the Rupert Barn. Yeah. And then oh, everyone was like, have you been to the Rupert Barn? Yeah, ha, 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 so funny. And I was like, no, what is this Rupert Barn? We turned up, we went to just the first club and it was straight away immediately a strip club, obviously. And all of us were there, like, dancing on the tables. We were being, hor- you know, those horrible patrons in strip clubs to take over. And all the girls were like, you're ruining our business. And we were those girls. We were like, I'm so sorry. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, Germany is super cool. I um, worked in Shanghai for four months. Oh, for wow. Circle as well, actually, mm. when they opened a club there. Oh, how did you and find that? that? Was really, it was really cool. It was probably the biggest culture shock I've had because yeah. it's the first time I'd been to Asia. Mm-hmm. And just being in a country where you can't, you can't read the words, you can't say the words correctly. You can't even read that, even try and yeah. the language. And yeah. just, so that was just trying to get by with that, but it was great. And it was, I was with a great set of people as yeah. well. So it was fun. Did you have to be more covered up in Shanghai? Was the rules about performing different? No, it was okay, actually. Yeah. They were pretty much, I think... 
They, they might have been, but they were disregarded. Yeah. Or, I think or they're they're quite cheeky, so yeah, yeah, they get away with a yeah. bit more than this. A bit more G-string and some glitter. Yeah. Like, that's, 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 if I ever forget my nipple pieces, yeah. I get someone's eyelash glue yeah. and then just cover my nipples in glue. Yeah. Dunk them in a pot of glitter. You're good to go. Good go pasty. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think performing inspired you in your kind of development and inspiration behind Malice Lingerie? Yeah, definitely. Especially the people that I met yeah. as well. I think being around such um confident women as well so you kind of people like to wear these yeah. kind of more extravagant things mm-hmm. and people just have these amazing costumes and things as well yeah. and I've always loved lingerie from being really young I found it just fascinating yeah. and I remember kind of you have drawers full of it when you were a teen I do I mean I do now you still do. <laughs> <laughs> collection to try and justify it but it's just like how much of your house approximately does it take over it's it's only like three drawers but (laughs) I had to like watch Marie Kondo and try and sort it all out yeah she doesn't really have like what what category I guess it falls into the fabric yeah there wasn't as much as I wanted on underwear so I was like YouTubing it for like extras I need help like this bra is amazing and it's worth £100 I can't throw it away exactly but now it's amazing it's so organised I can find matching sets like she does with the folding t-shirts yep everything's done like all my g-strings i literally spent an evening folding g-strings <laughs> a long like five hours but now it's done uh, they might great. just come unravel and then it's like how do you fold it and you're just like that and like, then you're rolling it up your little shit this is amazing so when you started making malice lingerie was it just kind of for you, for your performing career and for other performers? Yeah, mainly for me. Yeah. And then I would have people ask me where I got them from mm. and want to buy them, like friends, really. And so from there, I started selling on eBay. Yeah. Oh, really? Then, yeah, mm, yeah, like how was that? EBay. How was your experience with good. eBay? Good, yeah. I don't think yeah. I've ever someone that's vended on Yeah, eBay. I had a good... Well, Malice, actually, when I was in college, I yeah. went to college and did uh, fashion design mm-hmm. at college. And I started Malice then as a company where I was buying men's t-shirts, band t-shirts. Yeah. And making them into halter tops for girls. Oh my God, so cool. And selling them on eBay. And I had a little logo that I'd hand-drawn and like my brother scammed it in for me. Wow, <laughs> I love this. You're like an enterprising woman from yeah. the get-go. And then when I needed a business name, mm. I just kept coming back to that. And so that's Did you feel like it was like... like yeah, it's part of your it's kind, kind of, of sentimental. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. So, you, have you always known you wanted to really like sell and like make a career out of designing and making lingerie or just clothes in general? It kind of came. I kind of fell into it when I started making them, and people wanted to buy them. But I'd always thought, um, because when I was diagnosed with the ME and everything, mm-hmm. my health wasn't that great and I'd really struggled working full-time jobs. Yeah. I'd do it for a few months and then my health would deteriorate and really? stuff. And so I always wanted to work for myself yeah. because although I can work full-time hours, it's really important that I can, like if I'm tired in the afternoon, I can go home and then just work more hours the next day. If I wake That's up in the morning. That's flexibility. Yeah, and it's been the best way to manage my illness, actually. Really? So that's kind of, yeah. Let's talk more about out. your illness. Like, what mm. impact has that had on your life, apart from, mm. obviously, in the beginning, stopping you from dancing? Yeah, quite a lot, actually. Um, I kind of, well, I ended up going to art college and studying fashion because mm. I really wanted to do A-levels, but it was going to be too much work and I didn't want to do nothing. Yeah. But then, obviously, that has kind of led me to where I am yeah. now. Because um, after college, I wasn't very well, and I took a couple of years out, and then I was music reviewing, and I was like, I want to be a 
a music journalist. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. jumping all over the place. Yeah, so I went to uni and did media studies oh, and cool. then... I have got bad about halfway through my course, so oh, I dropped no. out then. So you, you were forced to drop out? Yeah. It was that bad? And then I was just kind of back at home living with my parents and just doing a few odd bits, and that's kind of when I got into performing. Yeah. And I started working freelance as a seamstress, and then I was kind of like, well, And then it's all flowed. I should just do my own company while yeah. I'm working for other people, when I could just work for myself and make the things I want to make. Yeah, and really. you can look after yourself better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you see it as a way in something that has guided your life towards where you are now do you think you would be in the yeah. same position if you didn't have me I it's hard to tell because sometimes I think maybe I could have done so so many different things like dancing mm. or anything like that that I want to do but then also I think in a way um it took the pressure off having to come out of school and get a full-time job and a career because yeah. it wasn't an option oh, so in a way yeah I feel like it gave me like the freedom to explore more creative yeah. routes that maybe I wouldn't have been brave enough to try if I'd had the security that's of like so a regular true. job. Yeah, I guess mm. that's the way the world funnels you, doesn't it? Yeah. If you fit into the way the world works, they try and make you into another cog in the machine. Yeah. But you immediately, straight away, had something that made you stand out from this before. Yeah. And so it's then made you this, this wonderful just... business that you have as your studio that we're sat in now. Yeah. So we are, for those of you at home that can't see, we're sat in Hannah's studio at the moment and it's so organised and it's incredible. It's like a full functioning proper business as you would imagine but let's roll it all the way back to the beginning give us like the history of malice oh god well (laughs) for a few years it was definitely run from home from my bedroom yeah which was quite intense um of just waking up at work work, and then going to sleep at work (gasps) and that was quite a lot and then especially when I was living in shared houses and oh there's just gosh. like bits of black thread everywhere yeah. and your housemates are like what is going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're, li- you're literally inside it the whole time yeah and I so suppose, similar when you begin performing and all your costumes are all around yeah. you and you're like oh. and just finding that work-life balance yes. because I feel like when it's your business as well and you can work then you do work yeah Whereas that's so true it was when I'd moved to Bristol and I think maybe only three Three, four years ago mm-hmm. was when I actually moved into a studio oh. and I kind of first had a desk space and I was kind of hopping around yeah trying to find the right studio space because mm. I really want to be in a shared space with a bit more social ah, I see. yeah that's yeah. quite nice isn't it yeah because most of the time I do have some help with malice at really busy times but most of the time it is just me yeah so it's just like me in this room and it can get a little bit lonely, but yeah. I did find with shared spaces, because I have so much stuff, there was just never, really, yeah. never you enough space. Li- I'm looking around now and I see lots of little bits, you yeah. know. Yeah. So much, yeah. A lot of the master. So tell me about some of the other studios you had. Like. So I had one, yeah, which was just a tiny desk space. Um, so I was just like, I don't even know how I fit everything in there. Really? It's just like shelves under my desk, like Aww. shelves behind me. Like, <laughs> literally all over, hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and then I moved into one that was above a shop. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of restricted working hours. And oh, obviously, for me, it needs yeah. to be quite flexible. And then I moved into another one and had a little kind of like cubicle there. And everyone else was kind of doing graphic design and things like that oh, but right. people would come in 
and just put their headphones on and work. Oh, because I so think it's for a lot so of people, yeah. yeah, for a lot of people, it's their other job. Like they have work as but well, so true. they just want to come get on with what they want to do. Get their passion done. Yeah. They don't I want to mean, socialise. Yeah. Yeah. So when uh-huh. I first moved into my own space, I was like, this is actually the way to go. It's a bit nicer, yeah. Yeah. You're in complete control, aren't you? You can put on whatever you want to listen to. Yeah. You don't have to worry about sort of getting annoyed with you. Please don't. smash it over again. Please stop. Yeah, I would drive people up the wall. Like, as much as I think as a self-employed person, I miss the... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The kind of social side of working, yeah. I wouldn't trade working for myself for anything. It's yeah. like the freedom of it, like you say, being able to take the days off when you need to. Yeah. It's a huge, huge like difference in my life and my health absolutely. and my happiness, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny though, when I was first kind of self-employed people would be like that's amazing I'd love to be self-employed mm. and I feel like a few years on people are like I would never want to do that yeah like, you don't have a fixed income you don't like have that security yeah. and they just don't want that at all and I think that probably is the downside of it is that that you don't have that security of having that's like, so true. You don't know how much money you've got coming in at the end of the month. Yeah, and... I always tell people that are new self-employed, I'm like, you won't know if you're going to hit rent until rent day. Yeah. Because you could literally make most of your rent even the day before. Yeah. You could on, on like a last minute booking or a last minute order or something like yeah. that. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. You kind of be like, oh, last, this time last year I made this much, so I'll probably make that much this yeah. month. Yeah. It's just, you just don't know. It doesn't, does it? Yeah. No, exactly. As a lingerie company, I feel like... It, it would be quite easy to plan around, like, Valentine's Day and Christmas and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you ever get so overwhelmed that you're literally just like, I'm, I'm going to drown in work? Black Friday. Really? Yeah, always. Oh, how many orders did you take? Did you take, like, hundreds? It is, yeah, it's like a month worth of wow. orders in a weekend, usually. So I try and be more prepared for it. Last year, I had someone helping me the weeks running up to it, just oh, really? making stock. So you had and loads was, of stock. Yeah, because usually, Great like, idea. Black Friday, I'm, like, in the studio early. And ready. Ready to go. And the orders <laughs> are, like, yeah. flying in. And then last year, I was just like, oh, this is so much easier. I just <laughs> do this all the time. Yeah. And then the girl was moving, helping me move to London. Yeah. Um, great for her, obviously, for yeah. fashion jobs. But You're like, well done, no. but I need you. Yeah. Please stay here. Yeah. Do you have any advice for any other self-employed people, like, kind of going about it on your on your own? Uh, I would say the best thing is to just start 
just do just start doing it and yeah. whether that's coming up with your name or your branding or getting some pictures or refining your products mm. or whatever just make sure you start because otherwise you will just think about it forever really and say yes to everything yeah. that comes up like opportunities that's exactly what I did when I started yeah I was drowning absolutely <laughs> and you don't know how you're going to do it at first so you panic but even you're just if like, you don't know how you can do it yeah just say yes you'll figure it out yeah. you absolutely will and I think that's the best way to learn because if it's something yeah. you don't have a solution to currently you'll die you'll try damn fucking hard to like yeah. make it I'll be like I need to exactly. solve this yeah you'll be I mean the first time I did wholesale for a big company oh, they wow. emailed me and I remember getting this email just being like is this even is this real? Yeah. And like going on like, LinkedIn and like checking. Yeah. And they were kind of like, yeah, do you do wholesale? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, can you send us your line sheet? And I was like, sure. What's and I was sheet? like, what's a line sheet? <laughs> exactly. I was, like, I was just like, yeah, I'll get sure. it to you after the weekend. I was just yeah. like online. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Google is honestly your best resource, yeah. isn't it? As like a business. Yeah. And for anyone starts as well, there's a, um, a website called Indie Retail Academy. Mm. And they are so good for anything oh, really? like that. And what I'm, was that again? Indie Retail Academy. Is it spelled, spelled like indie? Yep. I am. Yep. Yeah. I um, indie Retail Academy. Yeah. How useful. Then, yeah, and you can just buy these sets. And I remember just buying the, yeah. like, what wholesalers want guide and just, like, reading and trying to put this catalogue together with a, like, template I bought off Etsy because I didn't know how to use Photoshop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just so I could send it off. And how many skills do you think you've developed just, like, on the fly? Oh, my literally God. Literally all of them. Yeah, literally <laughs> all of them. Yeah. I think it's so much more than if I'd done business or something like that. I think you can yeah. learn so much more when you're just put in a situation where you just have to figure it out. Yeah, everything. I think so. I think that also not going to uni to do this kind of stuff serves you well because people come out of uni with all this knowledge but no, like, real application of it. Yeah. And I would feel like I would come out thinking I know so much and then when I realised I didn't know how to apply it to the world of actual business... I'd feel like such a failure, you know? Yeah. Whereas exactly. I think learning on the fly, when you learn a new skill or someone teaches you something, you're like, oh, I feel really good. Like, I feel like I've progressed on myself this this time. Like, I've really, like, learned something, which yeah. is really good. Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably one of my favourite things about it, is yeah. learning the new skills and everything. It just kind of keeps it fresh and It does. Exciting. Every day is different, right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Have you ever encountered any really big problems that you've had to, like, navigate? Probably... The wholesale thing again, the first yeah. one, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Really? And it was the first time I'd had to employ people to work oh. for me, about 12 people. Wow. And I'd never managed people before, and it was a very steep learning yeah. curve. <laughs> yeah. <it's> just, <laughs> I pulled a lot of all-nighters. Did and you? I'm going to do a show in Norway about halfway through this order, and just, I'd been up all night long, gone straight oh to the my airport, met my friends. I was, and you're still like, doing the performing as well. Like, yeah, well, yeah. that was that was my only show, and I was like, oh, I can't right. cancel it. And oh, um, yeah. just being laid on the airport floor, my head on a box of tampons, just trying <laughs> to get, get some sleep, because I was so exhausted. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just past caring. You're amazing. <laughs> just like, wow. I thought I was the only one that sleeps in airports. <laughs> yeah, I'm a serial airport sleeper. I almost, I missed a flight once, because I slept outside oh. the, like, you know how they have the secondary passport check, yeah. that you go through sometimes. So I was like, it's fine, I got stuck in a queue yeah. there. I missed my flight. I was at the airport three hours before. Oh, no. Just, I don't know. It, it, was, it was a Ryanair flight, though, so it wasn't that mad. And they got us a flight the next day because I convinced them it was their fault. Yeah. I was like, there was a huge Excellent. queue. It wasn't my fault. I was <laughs> waiting in line the whole time. <laughs> just with your eyes closed. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm horizontal on the floor, but I have saved my space. I'm supposed to get on this flight. You know I'm here. I've checked in. Come on. So you speak about employing people and stuff like that how has it been like as a creative in this kind of community is there like a nice 
supportive community like there is with performing around kind of like design and clothing etc yeah the people that I've met in Bristol have been great yeah and it's been really nice to from when I have had shared studios actually especially my last one yeah it was private studios but a shared communal space and meeting people there was really cool and it's just really nice to spend time with people even if they're doing very different things people that are still having to be self-motivated and go out and get their own business and things like that and you can just have really interesting chats with them there was a company called Demoness who make these like amazing guitars for, like the <gasps> death metal bands and stuff sounds really cool yeah awesome. I this company's run by women so all about women yes there's a woman yes. called Splendette who Splendette. do vintage repo jewellery and she the Eva who runs that actually has a studio in this building oh now, brilliant lovely. What's, that, what's that jewellery company again Splendette Splendette S-P-L-E-N-D-E-T-T-E Splendette like Corvette for Splendid. Yes. I'm trying to think of where the Randall's are. Yes. That, that's definitely a word for female that ends in F, but I can't think of anything. There's, uh, <laughs> what is it? Oh, Lady K Loves as well, which is like a 50s clothing. Oh, cute. And she's just so lovely. Um, and my other studio is this girl called Madwag, who does like festival stuff. Mm. And yeah, just loads of like, yeah. Yeah. Loads of cool, cool women doing cool stuff. I like that. I like. I've, we always discuss this, don't we? That woman-led enterprise is fucking yeah. amazing. Manus is an amazing company, and I love them so much, and I love you so much because you sponsor Disgrace, obviously, my yeah. woman-led company, and I think it's so great that all these women-led businesses are linking up because while there are so many other great businesses in the world, I think it's really important for other women to lift up other women because there's plenty of male-led businesses in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's fucking wild, and. It can be hard to stand out sometimes, so I think it's really important for us to stick together, etc. Yeah. How would you find, when you began Malice, there was quite, a, I feel like, a lot of lingerie, strappy companies around. Yeah. What do you think you did differently to make yourself stand out and then also endure the test of time and establish yourself as a full business? I think, for me, it was kind of going with what felt authentic to my brand. Yeah. I think when I started, a lot of things I read said, look at what your competitors are doing to, for inspiration and stuff. But for me... I would it just didn't work if I looked at other people's companies yeah. and they were doing something I wasn't doing and I'd be thinking oh maybe I should be doing something like that and yeah. then it just didn't feel authentic to what I was doing mm. so I think just going with your gut feeling on things and just always trying to improve as well like yeah. better quality faster shipping times like better materials as well not just resting yeah. on the fact that it's going okay at the moment always plan ahead yeah and you want people when they buy something from you like they've worked hard for that money and it's amazing that they That's want to true, spend yeah. Why it should people your part with their cash with you yeah so you want them i want people when they get their pieces to just love them and yeah just to be, you know when you get that feeling you know what i love about something. receiving boxes from alice is they come yeah. in the box and you get the tissue paper and yeah. the cute and the little bag yeah. and the signs you're, you the devil is in the detail yeah it really is and malice just hits it every single time Thank for you. me like I've, ever since I've received packages from you, which is like a few years now, yeah. and the way you've, I've seen you develop and the way I've seen you add new lines into your company, it's really inspiring. Like, Thank honestly, you. I love Malice so much. So I think I discovered you, um, obviously, through my friend, who is a performer, um, our mutual friend, Lizzie. Um, but also I think I discovered Malice because it was everywhere on social media when you first died, and it is still now. Yeah. How's your experience as a lingerie company on social media? It's, it has been great yeah. up until this oh, point. Oh, no. really, what I'm leading to. Yeah, I mean, starting out, Instagram was just incredible for reaching people yeah. and to get your my work out there, for people to see it. But um, unfortunately, 
it's not quite the case anymore. It's really not, And I'm definitely at a crossroads with how to proceed with marketing and media and how to reach the people that want to see what's new and want to see those things. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how to do it at the moment. And obviously the thing going on with Instagram at the moment has definitely taken a toll. Do you think, have you noticed it like financially in your business? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really? I can see hits to my website are down. <gasps> Everything is Wow. So it's quite obvious that, that it is impacting your business. Yeah, literally over the past couple of months. And then obviously it's hard to tell as well. So you're like, oh, is it just my content? Is yeah. it just am I not getting a good response? Is mm-hmm. it not good enough anymore? Do I need something else? But liven it up, yeah. The sort of things that would have got a great response now get such a small response. Yeah, it's it's quite obvious, isn't it? Like that Yeah. So like I've heard of a lot of um, obviously sex workers being disabled. A lot yeah. of um, even like fitness models, pole dancers, etc. Um, and even some clothing brands, like a club night clothing brand, has been disabled. They had their account disabled, I think, because oh. they just had like skimpy two pieces. And obviously, girls wear them when they're going out. And apparently, it's our poses and stuff that is making it so overtly sexual. And I guess with lingerie, it's so hard to make it not sexy because it's yeah. designed to make you feel sexy, isn't it? Yeah. So how are you supposed to market that in a way? through a platform that is advertised as a business tool yeah. in a non-sexy way. It's hard. It's hard. Like, a girl just stood there in a bikini or something, and they're, like, too sexy, and it's like, how else is she supposed to wear it? She's just stood exactly. wearing it. And then where's the line as well? Like, if a girl's allowed to advertise a bikini, but a girl's not allowed to advertise her website in a bikini... Yeah. And it's a similar thing, don't you think? Yeah, yeah definitely. It's really hard to know. And, yeah, I mean... I've had people say that they have they can't find my account because when oh, they really? type it in, it comes up, you know, lower down the list. I've had this with my account as well. Yeah. yeah, I've been um obviously I've been like checking my account and stuff to see how Shadowband I am from my my cat's account, which is where I moved over to when I was deactivated. So my cat account is just like my spy account now, which is great. Um, but yeah, I was checking all this stuff and there's a few people I've noticed that show up lower down, like suicide. If you try and search for suicide girls yeah. profile on Instagram, even though it is um, verified and they don't appear to suffer from the same shadow bands as us. And they seem to have this kind of celebrity status privilege that I keep going on about, that people are immune to it. But they still show up halfway down the search. It's, yeah. It seems, even though they want to give people this privilege, they still have some weird overriding moral issue with yeah. women empowering their bodies through social yeah. media. It's it's crazy. I and mean, I think one of them, when people do search and that's not the top people seeing their accounts just gone. Yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it? And on... Um, on Twitter, if you try, you know the auto prompt that comes yeah. up. Um, if you type in my name, it won't come up. You just have to type it and trust. Yeah. Hopefully that it is oh, my fucking account. So I know it's ridiculous. I think we're all just gonna have to go back to mailing lists. Yeah, I think so. Like, is that what you're thinking? Is that your yeah, kind of definitely. Step? That's yeah. the next step. It's one of those things. I wish I'd started yeah. collecting email addresses mm. <laughs> when I began my business. Can you use them off the orders? No, or is that like a data breach? Yeah, I'm not sure that's okay. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of red tape around that, isn't there? Because yeah, there was that data law yeah. that came in. So you have to, everyone before. has to opt in and, yeah. and stuff. But that would be a great tip if anyone's starting a business. Yeah. It's a mailing list. Collect a mailing list straight away. <laughs> Top tip, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? As a club night, um, just based my company, we started off doing a lot of flyering, a lot of physical promo, and we moved very much online. Yeah. Um, but a lot of our ads just keep getting um, just refused now. Yeah. Either, apparently, the, if a photo has too much text on it, which I kind of get because it could be spammy, but then sometimes if there's too much skin or a girl with even too much cleavage, Facebook will refuse the ad. They won't even take my money. I'm uh, like, take my money. Yeah. Have you had an experience with that? Yeah. Someone said to me that they're a tattoo artist, actually, who was having a similar problem. Oh, tattoos a lot of pinups. Yeah. And she said she'd found 
paying for advertising had really helped to engagement. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll give that a try. Yeah. But my adverts were just refused to the point where it was a flat lay picture of a bikini. So just a bikini really? laid on a table and they were like, wow, no. <gasps> and I did actually appeal that. Did and then you? they were like, oh yeah, actually that's okay. But then my followers dropped and my engagement dropped. So I was like, oh, Do you think they flagged your account then? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because when we get our, when we try and put ads up, they mm. automatically get refused. Yeah. I think I've been, we've been reported so many times that they're just assuming that we are rule breakers. Yeah. It's definitely a stigma. And I think it really adds to the stigma against sex workers and yeah. anyone that's having these kind of issues with Instagram. Yeah, and I've heard like what you're saying about clothing accounts, uh, yeah. latex accounts being removed oh and stuff. Oh my gosh, of course. Literally just dresses, but made of latex. <gasps> yeah, and, and that's overtly and... sexual. Yeah, and it's hard to know. Yeah. It's like, what do you do? It's just frustrating when you've spent this time building up this way, and it's the best way still for you to connect it with your it? customers. People keep saying this to me, they're like, why don't you just leave Instagram, but... Like, and go where? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I say. Like, it's the it's not the biggest user base, but it's definitely the most active user yeah. base. Like, I've I feel like I've grown with Instagram. I've had my Instagram for almost a decade. How long's been around? I think it's been around for like nine years or so. Isn't yeah. It? So I've had my account for so long, and the feeling you get when somebody just deletes that—that's my whole yeah. career. I've basically been fired. Yeah. You know, by someone that I've never even met. Yeah, and this so amazing bizarre. way to reach your customers and people who follow you who want to see what you're putting out there, what yeah. your content is, what's go, what's new, and suddenly you can't reach them anymore. Yeah. People like, oh. unfollow you because they assume you're just not posting. Yeah, or I've had people say that they have found that they've been unfollowed from my account, and that's <gasps> happened to me as well. I've had this on Twitter as yeah, well. I've, I've had a few message people message me about it. Yeah, really and naughty. then you have to send them a message and be like, I'm so, so sorry, sorry. Uh, my account's unfollowed your account. Uh, my account and they're like, yeah. I've noticed my following <laughs> count because I'm yeah. trying to keep really close eye on my profile because I'm yeah. like, something fishy is going on here. I know something is going on. <laughs> and my followers, or following even, sorry, goes up and down by like yeah. one or two. Yeah. I'm like, who are these people that's following and unfollowing? It's quite obvious. Yeah. It's 599 to 600. And I'm like, it's so weird, isn't it? There's one person that I'm definitely not following or unfollowing anyone. Yeah. Someone's been taken off. It's so bizarre. And I've, I've had some really weird things going on with Instagram. I had a cover of Vogue um, Portugal, and it quite obviously has a woman's nipple in it. She's floating in the pool. You might have seen that image. Have you seen it? I don't think I have. I shared it on my story twice, oh my and oh, I reported it from my cat's account just yeah. to see what that would happen, and it got taken down, and it didn't send me any warning. So I think Instagram knows that it's against the rules. Yeah. Which is bizarre. It's fashion as well. Do you find yeah. the malice crosses over with kind of the fashion industry? Do you think there was... I was hoping that, or, yeah. that might be, it might be kind of okay yeah. because of that, but it's it's not now. It has <laughs> yeah. No, and even, um, we were talking earlier about kind of with the swimwear, yeah. and I was using the hashtag Malice Swim, and that's been banned, and then yeah. I was like, oh, I could just use Malice Swimwear, but that would have been pre Banned and these oh, are from like my personal account as well. That yeah. I was trying to use it. So, you, you were telling me earlier that you found it's these hashtags have kind of linked your accounts, so they've shadow banned you across all of your accounts. Yeah, yeah, because I was like, oh, this is fine. It's my personal account, it's just like boring stuff that I like to post and stuff. But yeah. I do post work related things on there, and I was like, oh, it's, this was a good way still. Yeah. Uh, but, but no. Wow. <laughs> as it turns out, yeah. Where do you see the censorship heading? Oh, God, it's a scary thought. Scary, isn't it? Yeah. We were chatting about American abortion bans, etc. Yeah. Well, it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. Because I can't see it getting better anytime no. soon. And I think we've just got to keep making noise about it. But the amount of people I speak to 
who don't know about shadow banning and don't know about it because it doesn't affect them because they use Instagram for their just like their personal pictures and stuff. People wouldn't know. I think unless you use it as a business tool and you look at it as religiously as we do, there's there's just no reason for people to check their insights or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I probably wouldn't if I didn't use it for work. Yeah, same. I wouldn't talk myself over it. It's very stressful. Yeah, I like (laughs) to think that if I knew what was going on, I would be annoyed about it as well yeah. and I would want to take a stand about it as well because any sort of censorship That's especially true. women's bodies yeah. and things like that isn't cool and it's only gonna seep into the rest of exactly. it exactly well. that's the thing if it's already started to leak into fashion brands and, and, yeah. and clothing brands etc then it's only gonna keep spreading further and wide people don't know about it yeah how do you think we're gonna get people to realize I think it's just talking about it, keeping making noise about it, just yeah. telling people about it and trying to get people... And maybe people will start to care when their Instagram is just full of pictures of food. And they're yeah, like, where were it. all the cool... Where was all the art that all I used that, to see on there? Yeah. And all the clothing brands that I like and the models that I follow and the performers. And then when they're suddenly not there anymore, maybe that's when people will kind of start to... Yeah. So we've all got to really, like, club together and yeah. and and talk about it and spread the word, etc. Definitely. Oh, fuck me. It's going to be... It's going to be a long, long journey. Yeah. So you... Let's go back to your ME, because I yeah. find this really fascinating. I think I've heard you speak about it a few times on social media. Yeah. Do you find you like to share your experience with people, or is it something that doesn't really define you in your life at all? It's something... Um, I do talk about a little bit, um... But not that much. Yeah. It's something that, yeah, I don't feel really defined by it. Um, but I do think it is important to speak about because I like to see other people's stories about it. Yeah. Especially when they're like, I've been having a bad time, but things are better mm. and they're doing well. Last year, actually, I had, for the first time in quite a long time, a bad relapse. Oh, no. And I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Oh. I got migraines. I got eczema I was having oh, panic attacks like this weird like anxiety that body, I never had it? before yeah it was crazy and I had to close the business for like a month in total and then that was obviously stressing me out yeah. as well and I was really found actually that and um, one thing that I realized was how much my sort of self-esteem and self-worth was caught up in the success of what I do yes. professionally I completely um, understand this yeah and I was like wow I hadn't really realized that before because I could even when I was working, I was only kind of just doing the orders that were coming in. I wasn't doing, pushing the business forward in how I wanted. So it wasn't growing in the way yeah. that I wanted. And I was really taking its toll how I felt about myself. And it, I was it like, does, doesn't it? Yeah. I realised recently um, through my sobriety, the divide between myself as like a regular person and Rebecca Crouch, so it's the persona I've invented. Yeah. Do you find that you are subjected to the same things online? Like people have this like impression of you and you hold this impression of yourself in your head. Yeah, I think yeah. Well, I try and keep myself quite a bit separate from yeah. Malice as a brand and then like just me, so yeah. it's not too too linked in because I want to yeah, project Malice as like this totally cool, yeah. awesome thing. And it's, then, it's own entity. Yeah, it's, it's own, own entity, life of its own. yeah, and then there's just me. <laughs> yeah, there's just me, being yeah, amazing yeah. over here, running everything. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, do you have any advice for anyone that might have a chronic illness or something and they really want to start their own business, but they're worried, like you, about taking time off and stuff. I would say, I think you just have to give it a go and yeah. just try and be kind to yourself and mm. don't be too hard on yourself. And you are more than just your productivity, you know, 
that's that doesn't define who you are yeah if you can't do something you can't do it and you know try and you know obviously I said say yes to everything yeah but you know try and balance that a little bit yeah be kind to your body be kind to your mind yeah all of these things yeah just look after yourself but definitely do it and it's I think for people I think a lot of people with chronic illnesses end up running small creative businesses because it's probably the only way they can get an income really so I think yeah just just do it it does seem like the ideal solution really for somebody that may need to like flexible working hours etc things like that yeah it really seems like a great option I I don't think I've ever seen it in that kind of light before but you've really inspired me Hannah it's fucking awesome thank you so much for chatting with me thank you for having me it's all right you're amazing Hannah what's Mm. next for Melissa Andre you've just brought out a line of banging swimwear yeah what's coming up in the works I'm so excited about we just shot the new lookbook uh with a local photographer in Bristol she's great and she just works with small ethical businesses Brilliant. which is really cool um, Ooh, do you so, find yourself do you think of yourself as a st- sustainable I don't know, where's that? <laughs> yeah business? I try to yeah, yeah kind of looking into it so try and minimise rubbish mm. all of that stuff good looking at getting yeah it never comes with plastic, plastic I've realised man yeah. it's all recyclable yep love that just trying to keep it yeah. it's important to me and I hopefully I think getting more and more important to customers as well yes the brand's vegan and all of that. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. something that I noticed about Melis. Again, it's another thing that really makes you stand out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Hannah, thank you so much. It's been amazing yeah, to speak to great. you. Thanks you for... are an incredible lady. Oh, you too. Um, and I want every every pattern bikini that you have because I just Absolutely. love all the material. Absolutely. Don't you agree, Vaughn? Vaughn is furiously nodding her head. <laughs> right, what beautiful humans. We're going to go and play with super fun lingerie. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Hannah, you're a diamond. Thank you. Thanks, thank you. See Thanks you for having later. me. <laughs> See you later, guys. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.